comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Help the humans about to escape. Get your paws off me, you dirty ape. <gasps> he can talk. He can talk, 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 he can talk. I can sing. Ooh, help me, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Oh, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. What's wrong with me? I think you're crazy. On a second opinion. You're all so lazy. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, oh, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Can I play the piano anymore? Of course you can. Well, I couldn't before. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, oh, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Oh, Dr. Zayas. And we are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, what's going on, guys? Hey, all right. This Out Now with Aaron and Abe is brought to you by the Half Hour Wasted slash Legion of Dudes podcast network, where you can you know, find all the rest of our shows. And this is episode 21. Now, Out Now is a film podcast, which has Abe and I discussing all the new movies weekly. We also bring a little discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a retro review that has to do with the main film of the week, games, and other fun stuff. The main feature for the week is Rise of the Planet of the Apes, the new entry into the Planet of the Apes franchise. And uh, joining us to discuss, you know, players of the apes is alan aguilera yep back to back that's right how's everybody doing tonight yep, another triple a episode right <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. great um <laughs> oh thanks i appreciate it we like having you on uh, alan <laughs> oh you guys just yeah yeah no I'm, I'm excited let's do this i want to point out the hectic scheduling we've had and you know the last minute nature of getting alan back on again but i'm not gonna do that as i said anyway um <laughs> few announcements as we get underway here. Um, our our show, Out Now with Aaron and Abe, is now officially on iTunes. Like, I've said that before, but now you can actually type in the words Out Now with Aaron and Abe, and it'll bring you to a page on iTunes that goes to Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Lambo. Where you can find... Oh, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you can find almost all of our episodes there. The ones you can't find are still available on the uh, Potomatic website, as well as my blog, thecodazeek.com. But, yeah, you can easily subscribe to our show just, you know very quickly and just listen right in and catch right up if you feel so desired to listen to our backlog of terrible episodes that, that get better as they go along but that's that um speaking of itunes actually you can um you can leave us an itunes review if you so desired we actually we got one already which was very surprising to me i just looked at it and it's like oh there's a there's an itunes review from uh family guy titanic is the username that was a. Uh, that was on there. So yeah, thanks very much, Family Guy Titanic, for you know putting up our first iTunes review. It's very nice to uh, you know see something like that on there, regardless if it's good or bad. It's just you know something up there. Yeah. 
I'll emphasize the fact that it actually is a good review, opposed yeah, to a bad exactly. one. But uh, yeah, feel free to. You know, yeah, shout out to the five stars. Way. Thanks a lot, Family Guy Titanic. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, feel free to you know leave us an iTunes review if you want to. Anybody else? Because uh, it's cool. Anyway, another uh, another little announcement. Um, we have our Facebook page, as many know, and uh, we like you know having people like our page. And uh, we decided to have a little contest. Um, we are currently we're we're in the 60s right now on likes, but we're thinking if we get to 100 likes, I'm gonna uh, we're gonna we're gonna randomly choose somebody from that like list. Maybe maybe more than one. Maybe like three people. One one to three people. We'll see. And uh, you know maybe maybe we'll send a prize along their way. So uh, yeah, let's uh. Let's let's pump up those likes and uh you know someone someone has a chance to win something so that's always cool right yeah definitely and we love giving stuff away yeah and uh yeah so there's that so now let's uh you know we've been we've been doing a lot of know your guest stuff in the past few episodes and uh, we're gonna kind of kind of mix it up because as much as we like knowing our guests I think people kind of like to know y'all like all of us so we're gonna kind of have a, a roundabout question session here where each of us is gonna ask each other questions this time around opposed to just having our guest go underway with this so uh i'm gonna start i'm gonna i'm gonna start with alan alan here's yes. my my first question to you which charlton heston is best charlton heston soylent green heston planet of the apes heston or omega man heston i like senile nra heston <laughs> <laughs> um but i kind of really like uh, planet of the apes heston a lot. No, no biblical heston i'm into biblical heston biblical heston too that's that would have been a good option very oh. jewy of him i'm into it <laughs> And uh, my, my next question, favorite chimp and or monkey movie? Congo. Not even going to front. <laughs> Not even going to front. You better be, okay, I have but... a lot of uh, nostalgic uh, memories with Congo. I, I'm, I'm all about Congo. And Ernie Hudson's in it. What? Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah, 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 Ernie Hudson. Tim, Tim Curry, uh, Bruce Campbell. That movie's amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing is the word I put in quotation marks because you can't see that, but... Yep. It's a yeah. It's not. It's not a. It's not a good movie. It's a movie. It's, a, it's certainly a movie. And uh, for my answer to that question, by the way, would be Monkey Trouble, starring Harvey Keitel. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where I went with that. Uh, yeah. So those are my questions. Next up, who's up? Um, Abe. Sure. What is your favorite James Franco movie? James Franco movie? I'd have to go with the. Uh... Oh no! Long pause. This is. These are hard. Yeah. Right? I know, yeah. How does it feel? How does it feel? Now I'm just buying time like Aaron buys time when he when he makes his box office prediction. Stop <laughs> <laughs> monkeying around, Abe. Uh, James Harker movie. I'm gonna I'm just gonna say uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I liked his I liked his Berkeley persona. Awesome. Um, Aaron. Yes. Here it comes. What is your favorite prequel? My favorite prequel. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Let's see. That's a good question. My favorite mm-hmm. prequel. I would say Temple of Doom. It's technically a prequel. If you're gonna go, te- if you're gonna go, uh, hmm, if you're gonna go Temple of Doom with, as a technical prequel, then I'm gonna go Godfather Part Two. That's no, that doesn't. Count. Okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> good try. I ain't gonna let that slide. <laughs> that was a good try. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, they're not was... that hard. They're not that easy to answer on the spot, are they? No, no. Not. But there's just a lot of really terrible prequels that I'm looking at right now. There's a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go, okay, okay, if you go Temple of Doom, I'm going to go with The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. That is a prequel to Fistful of Dollars and a few dollars for a few dollars more. There we go. Good work. That's my answer. All right. I think Abe's up. Yeah, he is. 
Right. I've got two questions for one of one question for each of you. Aaron, Project Nim yep. or Project X with Matthew Broderick and another monkey? That wow, that is that is quite the reference, but I'm gonna go Project Nim. Okay. <laughs> um Alan. Yes. Uh who would win in a fight? The silverback gorillas in Congo? Or the silverback gorilla in Rise of the Planet of the Apes? No, now I have to ask you um, semantics. Um, are they fighting on the Are they fighting on the bridge, or are they fighting in their home field? Who has home field advantage? Is what I'm asking. I'm gonna say that the, the silverbacks in in the Congo or in Congo. Okay, so they're fighting it in um, Solomon's Mines. Okay, so it would be the silverback. Was it one gorilla from Congo and then one gorilla from? Yeah, Planet because of the there's Apes? only there's only that Is one it... big silverback that you really see in the Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Okay, so without before before the the drug uh, enhancement. So remember, he's Before like a, he's like a caged beast. Yeah. Oh, dude. Um, Congo probably. Yeah, the like, Congo gorillas. Yeah, Congo Congo gorillas would tear him apart. Right. By the way, I'm sorry. I gotta pause this because you made a Project X reference, and that's kind of amazing. <laughs> thinking about have you it. Have you seen that movie? A long time yeah, ago. Yeah, that movie was awesome. Whoever talks about Project X, that's ridiculous. <laughs> okay, so that's gonna do it for uh, No Y'all. Uh, that was something. Project. I think that one needs a little bit more prep work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, so that's that'll do it for Know Each Other. But uh, yeah, let's get to some movie, movie trailer talk here, where we uh, each week we discuss a couple of the new movie trailers that uh, there you know that came out. And uh, Alan, I'm gonna let you handle the first one. Yeah, so the first trailer today we're going to be talking about is In Time, which is the new um, feature from writer-director Andrew Nichol, who had previous experience with um, uh, Truman Show, which is one of my favorite ones. He ended up writing that. Uh, and then this one, it's kind of Logan's Run-esque. Uh, in the future, people stop aging about 25 and must work to buy themselves more time so they can keep you know, doing what they do. But essentially, the star of the film, Justin Timberlake, um, ends up finding a way to get more time. And he has to essentially run for his life because um, it's just essentially it's a chase. It's like it's like Logan's Run, starring Justin Timberlake. So, and Amanda Seyfried and Killian Murphy and Olivia Wilde because she's in everything now. Um, but um, I ended up seeing footage for it at Comic Con, so we saw a little, like an extended trailer. Um, it looks good. Looks well put together. Not entirely original, but. I trust Andrew Nichol. Uh, I enjoy his work. I enjoy his writing. Because he also did Gattaca, which yes, is, I'm a nice, big fan yeah. of. Um, so he's like, with the way they were kind of presenting it, it's had a little bit of a Gattaca feel. But I don't know if it's going to be as dark and as slow. It seems like it's more ramped up and more action-y. But um, I'm a huge Justin Timberlake fan. I ain't going to lie. So I'm probably going to go and see it. Um, I don't know. Uh, Aaron, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. I am a big uh, fan of Gattaca and uh, Lord of War, his other film that he uh, wrote and directed with uh, Nick Cage and uh, Ethan Hawke. That movie, that movie's, I like that movie quite a bit. And uh, yeah, I... Nice credit sequence, too. It doesn't... Really yeah, the, yeah well, the, Lord, the opening credit sequence in Lord of War is pretty fantastic. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, from what the trailer shows, it's certainly, yeah, like you said, it certainly looks very action-y, but I'd like to... I'm kind of giving Andrew Nichol the benefit of the doubt, I think. It's, you know, that's more of just how they edited the trailer versus what's going to go on in this movie because he makes very i'd say i'd say um he makes his movies tend to be smarter than the average uh you know uh high concept film so uh, i'm looking i'm looking forward to seeing where this one goes and yes i really i like the cast quite a bit actually it has it's pretty much a very hip young cast that's the way to describe it yeah but uh i liked i like justin timberlake and i, I want to see uh 
what what he can do. This is like him, you know, headlining his own movie, which doesn't hasn't happened too often so far. Like the his own this is his first headliner was I guess Friends of Benefits with uh, Mila Kunis a few weeks ago. So I'm looking forward to seeing him tackle you know like a sci-fi thriller. So see where that goes. Abe? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I, I think I'm a little bit still on the fence by Justin Timberlake about carrying a role, but. So far, I think his acting chops have, have improved. I didn't see Friends with Benefits, but I mean, in, in the social network, I guess he got praised for, for really being a, very much in character. But yeah, the right director, and uh, I'm a big fan of Gattaca. We'll see how this one goes. Uh, I, mean, I saw the second trailer. wasn't too thrilled, but again, maybe the trailers have been misleading a little bit this, this past summer, so I'm eager to be surprised. All right, and the, uh, yeah, the next trailer I'm going to talk about is called Contagion, uh, the new... Uh, sci-fi thriller, kind of uh, disease thriller from uh, director Steven Soderbergh, who, uh, yeah, this movie has a bang-up cast, a Matt Damon basically in the lead, but it's kind of centered around a, uh, like a deadly disease that's kind of breaking out all over the world, and it looks like it's handling it from a, a bunch of different angles, similar to something like Steven Soderbergh's Traffic, except it's now Traffic meets Outbreak, as it would seem, and you have, yeah, Matt Matt Damon, Lawrence Fishburne, Jude Law, Gwyneth Paltrow, Kate Winslet, and Marion Cotillard. It's just this giant cast that seems to... Uh, I don't know, there's a lot, a lot of things going on. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this one. I'm curious that it's in IMAX as well, which is strange for a Steven Soderbergh movie. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's... <laughs> It's interesting to me, so I, I, I'm actually looking, I, I'm a big Steven Soderbergh fan, and I'm you know looking forward to seeing how this movie turns out. Uh, Alan, uh, I'm a huge Steven Soderbergh fan because you know it's like now now we're having a contest. No, um, I'm a huge <laughs> Steven Soderbergh fan. Um, I'm a huge fan of Traffic. And yes, yeah. Like, um, g- growing up and getting into film, that was one of the films that really um, really kind of had me appreciate film more for what it was in in a different aspect than just you know Independence Day and stuff like that. Like out of that vein, so I'm a big fan of his work, and this looks a lot like that. I love the cast, and anytime you know Gwyneth Paltrow gets hurt, I'm kind of there. <laughs> um, so it just looks good, and I'm really excited for it. I actually was watching the trailer, and I didn't know, I didn't really know too much about it. Um, and then halfway through the trailer, I was like, oh, this looks really Soderbergh. I wonder who's directing it. <laughs> oh, there it is. All right, I'm down. So I'm really excited for it, and I, I love the cast. Um, so it looks like this fall actually is starting to shape up pretty well for me so between this and a couple other films that are coming out. Uh, Abe? I don't know about this film. Uh, I will fight you. Yeah, I, I think that we'd have I to will have go like to like a arm wrestling contest, which you'd probably win. But And all I would do is make fun of Stanford. Wait, <laughs> you mean Berkeley? <laughs> Whatever one. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'd love for you to make fun of Stanford. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. But uh, it seems like these elements have, have kind of been done before. And again, Aaron, you mentioned Outbreak, and Aaron, or Alan and I were talking about it before, too. Um, I don't know if it's going to be anything brand new, I guess. But, yeah, uh, strange that there's a lot of, like, end-of-the-world disease-killing movies coming out. But I don't know. I, I, I think I enjoy Soderbergh enough to, to give it a go. Yeah, well, I guess we'll all see because uh, Contagion comes out on September 9th in, in both theaters and IMAX, which is still something that seems strange to me. And um, Yeah, that's really weird. I, yeah. that. I didn't notice that. Yeah, it was, it's like a weird tag at the end. It's like in theaters and IMAX. I'm like, really? A Steven Soderbergh movie in IMAX? Ocean's 14 in IMAX? Is that going to happen? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I thought it was weird. Like, when I saw the trailer, it was attached to Crazy Stupid Love. I just thought that was a weird little mess. <laughs> I was like, oh, if anybody, like, wanted to take someone out to on a date movie, and honestly, Crazy Stupid Love, not the best date movie for, like, the first half. But, um... Was that, the, was that the lead-in? Like, was that the last trailer before the movie started? 
Yes. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I was like, I walked in like, wait, what movie are we about to watch? This doesn't make any sense to me. It was fun. And the debt was right before that, too. I was like, seriously? Yeah. The debt? <laughs> yeah. A lot of depressing movies. Yeah. We got right before that. Okay, so yeah, Contagion opens on September 9th, and um, In Time opens just in time for Halloween on uh, October 28th. So uh, yeah, we'll see how those go, but uh, I'm kind of excited for both of them, as far as I can. Cool. Enough monkey business. Let's get into the... uh, (laughs) Let's talk talk about the uh, the, uh, rise of the planet of the apes. Our drug allows the brain to repair itself. We call it the cure. We're ready to move on to the next phase. This one. This is wrong, Will. This has the potential to change lives. Some things aren't meant to be changed. Does it work? Like we predicted. With one exception. The drug has radically boosted brain functioning. You mean increased intelligence? All right, so that was a little bit of the trailer for Rise of the Planet of the Apes, the new... Huh, the new film in the Planet of the Apes series starring James Franco. And uh, this film is... It's... Well, it's both... A, it's... It's kind of a prequel, it's kind of a reboot, and it's kind of a remake. Uh, I say a prequel because it, you know, predates the events of some of the Planet of the Apes movies. It's kind of a reboot because it literally restarts the continuity of the series. And it's kind of a remake because it's taking a lot of elements from the uh, fourth film in the series, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. But uh, regardless, it is a new film in the Apes franchise, and this one is set kind of present day-ish, I guess. It stars James Franco as a uh, genetic scientist, and he's working on a, a drug that's supposed to cure Alzheimer's disease. And uh, in doing this, he's experimenting on chips, chimps. And uh, one of the chimps, well, all the chimps are basically put down at one point due to an accident of sorts. But uh, one of the chimps gave birth to another chimp that had some of the, uh, the experimental drug that Franco has been working on him already pulsing through its veins. And uh, that led to it uh, developing with this this kind of drug that's making it develop its brain functions much quicker and rapidly than a normal chimp, which is causing it to become very intelligent and advanced and learning new things very quickly. And uh, as it grows, the chimp, which is named Caesar and played by Andy Serkis in a very great-looking motion capture performance, uh, as, he, as Caesar grows, things kind of... Things kind of escalate. He eventually winds up in a an animal, an ape sanctuary, and uh, he t- has a little bit of an influence on the other apes, and things kind of get a little haywire from there. But uh, yeah, so uh, Alan, what did you think of Rise of the Planet of the Apes? I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. Um, I'm a big fan of the previous Planet of the Apes movies. Uh, Escape from Planet of the Apes is probably my favorite, um, and I like the first one. The second one, I'm not a big fan of but anyway and the Tim Burton one doesn't exist to me Um, I'm really liking it I like how they kind of implement a lot of things from the um, the previous films like especially the first one they kind of implemented a couple things and kind of really set that up pretty well and I I almost consider the movie almost in the vein of Star Trek the J.J. Abrams one where it kind of rebooted but also took elements from the 
other films and kind of worked it in. So this one is almost kind of the same thing. Um, I'm actually really interested to see if they're going to make a sequel and actually redo the Planet of the Apes, but in this continuity, and I, I'm all for that. I think that'd be neat. Um, it's a little cheesy at points, um, but I think they handled the film in a good enough way where people are going to go home happy who see it. A um, little predictable, but also kind of kept me on the edge of my seat the entire time, and I think that uh, the director, um, Rupert Wyatt. Uh, Wyatt, I can never remember his last name, but I know uh, Wyatt. Um, I really like what he did, and I really like how they handled the film, and I think 20th Century Fox actually per- is actually picking up a better set of um, films now, especially in the summer. I remember like two years ago, they were just producing garbage, but now it's it's getting a little better. Um, Aaron, what do you think? Um, it's funny you mentioned 20th Century Fox, because that's kind of... I I was surprised. I'm surprised that this movie kind of exists in a way because mm-hmm. between this and like um, X Men First Class, it seems like something's going on with Fox where they're actually they're they seem to be letting caring. Yeah, they seem to be caring. They seem to be letting more creative control take hold of a film for a change, and that might be a little might be a little inside. So I'll clarify: 20th Century Fox is kind of there's Fox Studios known for kind of micromanaging a lot of big. Box, you know, big blockbuster productions, and uh, which is something that certainly affected the Tim Burton movie, the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes movie. And you know, this time around, it looks like a lot more freedom has been given to let you know directors and you know production teams kind of work on the movie that they want to make, opposed to make the movie that studios think people want to see. And because of that, this movie feels very fresh and exciting, and it's a lot of fun to watch. And it and Really, the big, the strongest thing that I just can can't stop appraising about this movie is Andy Serkis's work as um, as Caesar the ape. It's bet- between his motion capture performance and the work by a Weta Digital who handled the effects on this film. The the look of Caesar and the way just the the performance in this character, who is really the heart of the film, is fantastic. It's absolutely just it's it's great. It's he's the soul of this movie, and like everything he does is just is wonderful. You want to follow this character. And I really enjoyed watching his story, seeing how his arc went. I agree with you that it's a little bit predictable, you know, where it's going. And I also don't think that the, the human characters get, you know, the best, the best parts of this movie. Those are the most, I mean, it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as say dull, but I mean, it, it's not as, it's not as intriguing as the stuff involving Caesar and the way he like blends with the apes. Um, I would almost say that the characters for the humans are more flat and they really focus on the character building for all the apes. Yes, I agree with you completely. And sorry for cutting you off. No, I'm it's sorry. fine. No, and uh, yeah, I just I, re- I really enjoyed this movie. I think it's very I think it's very well made. I really a lot of movies have a the problem with a lot of movies involves usually the second act where it kind of drags out. And this movie, the second act to me was like the most intriguing part where you have basically Caesar in the ape sanctuary trying to, you know, learn his role in where he is and kind of developing these ideas about what he thinks is the right thing to do, I guess, without spoiling too much of where the plot goes. But yeah, overall, really enjoyed this movie. Abe? Yeah, I'm right there, too. Uh, I really enjoyed this movie. I really enjoyed the science talk behind it. I really enjoyed the motivations for uh, Dr. James Franco uh, as to why he's doing it. Um, you know, his his clinical research studies and... Um, you're right that it, yeah, of course it gets predictable, but and everyone knows where it's gonna lead to uh, if they if they follow uh, this franchise, I suppose. Um, but I, I think it, everything was 
done pretty well. It, it was paced pretty well. There was enough action, and and I think that even with some elements of the movie, I was surprised by what was going to happen. Um, and I guess we'll talk about that later. But just a preview is just you know I thought that the apes were going to be a little bit more violent, perhaps, but uh, it didn't turn out to be that way, and and I was pleasantly surprised by that. Um, so it it was it was a good movie overall. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So uh, yeah, I would. I think we can get, so we're all pretty much in agreement that we really just really enjoyed this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, let's uh, I guess let's talk about let's talk about some of the human characters I guess before we get more into the ape stuff, which I'd like to talk about a lot as well. But um, what did you guys think of James Franco in this movie? Not as bad as I thought. Um, when he was cast, I think he's kind of he, to me he's always kind of like the the burnout but kind of charming kind of guy. Um, I think he actually pulled it off pretty well. He was kind of he kind of pulled a little socially awkward kind of deal, but he seemed like he was quiet and he really loved, uh, in, in the plot, it's like, you know, he really loved his father and I understand that. So he seems really introverted and ends up dating a really hot Indian girl. <laughs> um, I think he pulled that off pretty well because I either, you're either a really smart looking character actor that only does laboratory or the bottom of the barrel is Tara Reed alone in the dark. <laughs> and I, ha- I think he found a good median where he kind of worked. I, I, I enjoyed him a lot. Yeah, I, I really agree with that because uh, when I first heard that James Franco was going to be leading this this uh, film, I was thinking, oh man, I think that we've talked about it on a previous podcast too, where I was like, oh, James Franco, I don't know, Pineapple Express and stuff like that. But he really pulled it off. I mean, I really believe that he was this research scientist who graduated from Berkeley, thanks. And uh, uh, it was just, uh, again, his motivations are there. Um, but he, I think that in terms of uh, I think you guys had said that the characters are kind of flat or something like that. I kind of agree. I mean, I don't think that they're really that dynamic. But at the same time, I think it's understandable for them to be, uh, have the director ask them to be that way, I suppose, because it's kind of more about uh, how it comes to pass, I suppose, the events of a planet of it, of the apes. I, uh, yeah, as far as James Franco goes, I, I, I mean, it's not his best performance, I don't think. And, um, I, I think I think you guys are a little harsher on Franco in general than I seem to be because I really like James Franco in various roles, like between movies like movies like Pineapple Express, like you mentioned, or something like like 127 Hours, hours yeah. or, or or Milk, actually as oh, well. Yeah. Oh, which he's oh very yeah, good I really like him in Milk. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah, he's really good in Milk. I I, th- I think he has a solid range. That said, I don't think he um, I don't think there's just a a, a lot for him to really sink into for this movie because I, obviously the focus is on Caesar and you know the the apes. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think he, I think he's still solid in this movie. I, I certainly don't think it's a bad performance. Um, as far as the other actors go, I think the main one that I kind of want to get to is Tom Felton, who was, uh, <laughs> uh, who was Drake, Draco Malfoy, who was Draco Malfoy in the Harry Potter movies. And um, the thing that the, the thing that bugs me about him in this film is be, is that I think Tom Felton's one of the best young actors to come out of that Harry Potter franchise. Like I really believe that, and. I just think every, the the role they put him in here as basically a, an animal hater that works in an animal sanctuary is just so it's just so weak. It's just it's a terrible role, and you know exactly what's going to happen to him. And it's it's just it's sad to watch this this character. Just, well, do you think he was kind of doing a fan service because he knew he was gonna you know like he was just gonna be a big baddie in this, so he finally wanted to just give fan service for the you know the Harry Potter fans to see him get you know his one-uppings oh come on i, I mean I, I, <laughs> is one of i overthink everything 
but no there's yeah playing, no. there's playing like a baddie and there's playing it just so over the top mean and evil where it's like why would why would this person ever be hired to work in this area like this. Well, because his dad owned the yeah, I hate Even dad. Though, I mean, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I just wanted him to shave. That's all I want. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the uh, the the owner of the Animal Sanctuary is owned played by uh, Brian Cox. Animal Sanctuary and, uh, is a stretch, isn't it? I get. Yeah, I don't even know. I mean, it was like an ape hospice. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's just an ape it's a hostel. Yeah, a shelter for apes. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, Tom Felton kind of. Yeah. Regard anyway, whatever. Let's. Uh, <laughs> um, but this Never. also had this also had John Lithgow as uh, yeah. James Franco's father, who's suffering from Alzheimer's, which is James Franco's main motivation for, you know, doing the things that he does in this movie. And uh, how do we like him in the movie? I really liked I him. Love, I mean, I, uh, I always yeah. like John Lithgow characters, um, especially like in Dexter in season four or season five. I think it's season four. Four. Yeah. Four. And um, yeah, I mean, he's he's always. Uh, he always seems like he's classically trained, but he can also do like really outrageous comedy too. And he was in Harry and the Henderson, so maybe they were like, "Oh, I guess we'll capture that audience as well." So we'll never know. That's half the reason why I went. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, gonna, I thought it was a Harry and the Henderson sequel. I was very, very disappointed. C- Caesar and the Hendersons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I, I like John Lithgow a lot. Um, I, I yeah, he, I, I was really pumped. When I saw him, he was going to be in the film. Like um, at Comic Con, when they showed the two footage, like it's funny because they showed the scene where Caesar finally gets sent away, where Stone with Cow has to deal with Alzheimer's at that point, uh-huh. like right at that tail end of Act One, yeah, or beginning of Act Two, and then the Act Two where Caesar kind of rallies all the apes and turns around and does that like blank stare towards Brian Cox. Mm-hmm. Like that's the scenes they showed. So I was like, oh. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're really gonna go dark with this. I'm into it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I don't know. I, I was a big fan. And I, Brian Cox, I just imagined he was like a related to Striker from yeah. X Men Two. That's pretty much how I feel all Brian Cox characters now. They're all just in some way either Striker or apparently Agamemnon in Troy. <laughs> the Striker, Agamemnon, or the police chief in Super Troopers. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> that's one of the three you're gonna get. <laughs> Not police. Those are the... He's actually highway. Wait, wait, Alan. Are you saying those are the three flavors of Cox? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, uh, <laughs> yes. Not in so many words because my mouth's always full. Um, <laughs> oh wait, I just thought of why another, another thing about Tom Felton to get back there because he's such a dick. That was my that was that was my connection between Cox and Felton. But um, he 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 has a he has a um, he has a he he calls into a couple of lines from the original Planet of the Apes, and I think one of those lines is very is well placed but the other one is way too like hey we're calling back to the movie kind of thing and that really bugged me quite a bit which was matched by something that was actually very well handled so i didn't yeah so yeah that i think that's the only thing that saved it because if they didn't handle it that way where if it he calls back to a line and if they didn't time that just right with the reaction and how that handled that then you would have had i would have had a bad taste in my mouth yeah I agree exactly. Like Cox. Agree, yeah, agree completely. And um, but the way this movie sieges into its third act, I think is fantastic. And I really let's get to the apes now. Like I really love these apes in this movie. I think Weta Digital does like a fantastic job at like creating apes. At creating, I mean, it's all it's a it's this combination of actors in motion capture suits, including Andy Serkis, and um, you know Weta Digital creating CG apes on top of them, and you know having them interact in an environment. And I think. All that work looks 
really, really good. And it's less about, it got to the point where I was less focused on what went into like creating these performances and stuff and just focusing on these apes as characters because that's how effective they were in the film to me. I really like the orangutan. Yeah, yeah agreed. The orangutan thing was yeah. sick. Yeah. And the, the apes have, they have conversations with each other yeah. through mm-hmm. their, the various means of intelligence that they possess in one way or another. And I really enjoyed those relationships that were developed between apes too. Like, it's just, I really love the work done on making apes work in this movie without having to use prosthetics for a change, but computers. Mm-hmm. No, the amazing part about it to me was more of the character design because you can tell who each ape was. Yeah. yeah. And you never lost track of that. Like at certain, like, it just all worked. They all had very distinctive looks and feels and even mannerisms. Like they all had kind of different ways they walked compared to other apes. They all like when there was like the main ape that was getting picked, like their hair picked and all that stuff, you can see that. But then you can see later in the film when he changes his demeanor a little bit, like they put a lot of effort. It almost feels like the old early nineties Disney and like classic Disney movies where they just looked at the animals and kind of really implemented that into their film. And I feel like this is, this is the closest thing we're going to get to something like that. And it just, I was really into it. I really liked all the, all the effects because after a while, after you see Caesar as a baby and he starts growing, you kind of just forget. Yeah. And it's just a per that's Caesar. That's Andy circus is the best actor that doesn't get enough. I don't think he gets enough credit. Definitely. I mean, uh, in terms of the character design, yeah, I really loved it a lot. Um, I think it, it, they blended it pretty well. Uh, I mean, some terms, I guess you could tell that, Oh yeah, well yeah, maybe like a green screen or whatever motion capture, but really, it's it's really difficult to to tell. And um, yeah, you can tell that they that Weta. I, I really like the job that Weta does, mostly because uh, they did they did a lot of the Lord of the Rings movies, and they did incredible job and effects on those. But uh, I think you guys had mentioned uh, Alan had mentioned that when they're on, you could tell that each each ape has their own kind of uh, personality and look. And yeah, that really became apparent to me when they're on the bridge and the, the the business head of the company that James Franco works for is like, there's the leader right there. And I was like, that is the leader. That That is exactly him. <laughs> I was like, yeah, among this group of uh, apes that are rushing the Golden Gate Bridge, yeah, you can really tell that that's Caesar right there. So yeah, props to, to Weta uh, for their work in this film. Yeah, for sure. And um to t- not to like reveal what kind of happened in the third act, but I mean, you know, ob- I mean, the trailer was kind of emphasizes more than other aspects. It's that, you know, the apes rise and they, you know, begin their revolt in whatever way. And yeah, much of that takes place in San Francisco and on the Golden Gate Bridge. But um, the way the way that whole sequence is constructed, the way the whole end plays out, that easily could have sank the film. It could have just become like a very, you know, traditional, like big action finale. And, and, I mean, it looks cool, but like nothing really memorable but i really like the way that uh what director rupert wyatt and like his team and everyone involved constructed this whole like ending sequence of you you can follow all the action it's very well filmed it's very well it's very clever in the different ways it shows all these apes revolting and how they're gathering and how they're fighting against the humans in whatever way it's a really really cool action sequence that seems to come from the story and not just out of hey we need a big action sequence to end this movie yeah. Oh, can I just say that I love that this revolution and this rise from the apes wasn't based on blood. It was started with a bag of chips ahoy. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'd do anything for a chips ahoy cookie. <laughs> Not anyone's chips ahoy's. Draco Malfoy's chips ahoy's. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'd steal his chips ahoy's. But what, I think they're like Cookie Rocket or something. That's a good line. Why Cookie Rocket? Sorry. Yeah. No. I just um. 
There's a couple little cheesy lines. Oh, also, like, there's a lot of time lapses in the film, like, yeah. from the beginning to the when Caesar was full grown, it's eight years. But I find it funny that Taylor Laban's in the film at both points, and he has the same haircut, eight years different, which I just think would be weird. And also, the big boss man has the same car. <laughs> that's just little nitpicks. I was like, wouldn't he? It's not like it's a classic. It's like a Lexus or something. But that's a little nitpick of mine. I just noticed. I thought that was funny. And also, I think 20th Century Fox likes, uh, hates the Golden Gate Bridge because the next one last stand, they tore it apart. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought the same thing. Actually, like, uh, they, they, showed, they showed a scene on the Golden Gate Bridge and there's just like a bunch of people in their cars like looking at something coming. And, like, <gasps> and I was like, is Magneto there? What's going to happen? <laughs> so yeah, I'm actually I'm very interested in like where this movie could go. And we'll get to how well it did in the box office. But I mean, if there are potential sequels in line I'm, I'm curious to see where they take it from here like i'm actually i'm looking forward to seeing what they can do in another movie after this one ends because it could go a number of different ways given the the series right. history that we have established thus far versus like we're restarting this so we can kind of mess with the planet of the apes mythology in our own kind of way and i i'm certainly you know i want to see more of this i want to go to there well what i <laughs> like what i want isn't really like the next sequel i wouldn't want it to be a direct like remake of planet of the apes the original mm-hmm. i'd want it to be more more what's in the middle because this is the rise this is the beginning of it mm-hmm. and they kind of left it open to kind of show us more of them actually setting up society and setting up their world and kind of what happens to us because what they set up so far it's uh, with what happens to homo sapiens it's okay that's you, you could put more thought into that mm-hmm. like that's kind of like to me it was almost almost convenient it was rise of the planet of the conveniences where that kind of worked out for me. Uh, I just kind of want them to kind of focus on that a little bit more and kind of show the downfall of Homo sapiens and then the evolution of these apes. I kind of was thinking, overthinking a lot of the sciencey parts of it. Understand. I can't just like, oh, pretty apes are funny. Uh, yeah, one more thing, which is uh, back to the point of from the trailer, you get a you get a feel of oh wow, you know these apes are gonna dominate human society like right away. Uh, but it's really not the case. It's actually more of Caesar just wants to have a, kind of like a peaceful life, you know, with his own uh, brood, I suppose. But it's it's actually, yeah, back to that third act thing. It's just more, yeah, it was a good way to, to end it, I guess. They, they could have made it crazier, I guess. But, um, uh, yeah, so I, I really just enjoyed that part of uh, the storyline and how it went. That exceeded my expectation of the film. One of my favorite points was, Draco Malfoy watches America's. Uh, um, I'm sorry. So he's thinking can dance. Like when he was on night duty at the Ape Sanctuary, he's on the television. I'm. I'm not even joking. Like I was looking. I was like, oh, I remember. Like they're talking about leaving it on the stage, and always talking about the stage. And he gets up and goes out, and like that's when Caesar's trying to start his revolt. And Draco Malfoy's just sitting there watching. So you think he can dance? I thought that was really funny. <laughs> I like that they picked that out. Like, oh, you gave me one. Re- that's the one sympathetic thing of that character. It's like, oh, I watched that show. I like. It. I still. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I did kind of like how. They, there were certain scenes, what they did is that it was very reminiscent of almost civil rightsy kind of thing. Yeah. There's a yeah. scene with the hose. Yeah. yeah. And a little, like, they kind of nuanced it. They kind of just made Malfoy the de facto, hate the white man. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it was weird because a lot of the, my audience, half my audience was into the humans winning because they're, they're team us. And then the other half were apes. So people, I don't know. Um. At work, uh, after after we I watched the film, I w- was talking to one of my friends about it, and he's like, I don't know, man. Like, it seems really predictable. Like, this is how I think the movie's going to go. And he kind of tells me how the movie's going to go beat by beat. He's like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, but it's way better than that. Like, it's super predictable, but you're going to enjoy the yeah. hell out of it. And it's way better than, than what you're going to give it credit for. Like, it's better than Cowboys and Aliens. I think it's one of the top 
you know, three, four, five movies of the summer so far. Even the top movie of the year, it's between that, Rango, Super 8, Attack the Blog, Captain America, and Thor. Like, those are the, those are some of the hand, the handful of really, really good blockbustery sci-fi infused films that came out this year that I really enjoyed. It's one of the few movies I'm actually, I want to go see again. Mm. I'm, I'm very, I'm very close to you with that one, Alan. I, I really, I, I think this, this, this ranks very close up there with like, you know, top movies of the summer for sure. Like, and I, I'd like to think that it's kind of a big surprise to many people who tend to, who are kind of writing this movie off. It's like, Oh, another planet of the Apes movie. That's going to be nothing. And I was, you know, Abe, you, you, you can recall, I was with this movie from the start. Yeah, you were, you, you were really excited. And I was on the fence about it. And I remember that I think, during our James Franco discussion, you were saying like, "Oh, James Franco," and I was like, eh, play. And then you said, "Did you see 127 Hours?" And I, at that point, I had not seen it. And then I saw it uh, later, and I was like, "Wow, I think Aaron's right." <laughs> so kudos to you. Uh, one last point before we move on to other things, I guess, is uh, the Alan to your point of uh, you know the the middle part of the fall of uh, Homo Sapiens. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that that would be an interesting movie. Um, they kind of just gloss over it kind of with the with the before the credits roll like the main credits roll so it's mm-hmm. kind of just like yeah i guess that you know with the with what happens to a couple of characters in this film you know you can kind of see what's going to happen but it would be interesting to see how that plays out uh, as a middle and then you kind of go into a full-on like uh planet of the apes so uh but i, did I, I you, guess did you guys huh? did you guys watch the credits i did yeah i watched yeah. all through and and you know they showed that part in the beginning of the credits and then nothing at the end right yeah, yeah. i mean yeah it just there's kind of a graphic exactly yeah showed behind. Yeah. yeah okay yeah so that's why i was saying like they kind of gloss over it with that but it would be interesting i mean but it's understandable given given what happens in the film and what scientific research has been done you see that okay i guess it's possible that uh that could be the the downfall but uh no, it could. You're right. I, I almost want to call this movie um, a genre of pre-apocalyptic. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fitting. I, I almost want to write any movie that's moderny, like Crazy Stupid Love, is pre-apocalyptic. Because <laughs> you just feel like any moment something's bad is about to happen <laughs> in the world. Yeah, we're living in a pre-apocalyptic. Uh, I can't talk. Sorry. <laughs> um. I think before we before we give it a rating here, I just want to I want to give more praise to Andy Serkis because I think mm-hmm. he does like a fantastic job with this movie, and it's gonna. I really like. There's a lot of there's like been talk about like there's been a lot of like chatter about like he needs the Oscar or at least some kind of like notice for this, and I'm really kind of right there with it because he's doing he's doing work of like a real actor. He, it's it's not about like saying lines. It's about it's about all all that goes into his movements, including in his face. And the expressions that he gets this character to do, and how everything registers, how he handles other character, like just the way he's so in. There's so much of him in this movie that's going to go unthought of by the average Joe, just because they don't they don't quite register like what's going into a mocap performance, let alone if they even know that there's a person that's doing this character, opposed to just straight up computers. And Andy Serkis just has done he's done fantastic work here. Like he he was Gollum in the Lord of the Rings movies, and that was a fantastic character. He was King Kong in the King in the King Kong movie, which is also I mean, just in terms of him portraying a gorilla. Like he actually went to Africa and like lived with gorillas for a while to get that down. And he did the same thing here. He lived with chimps. Like he studied their movements, and he's done his like I'm not about to say that he you know he knows what a chimp acts like but he's he made something work in a movie that needed to work and he made it work just perfectly well for what this movie needed to accomplish and I just I'm a real 
big fan of what Andy Serkis has brought to this, and I think he should just get a, a ton of credit wherever credit can be due to him. I liked him in 13 going on 30. <laughs> he played uh, Jennifer Garner's boss. It's a big, yeah, and then I think they did the thriller dance with Mark Ruffalo. That's a classic. <laughs> no, I, yeah, Andy Serkis deserves way more credit than he's getting. I do like that he's handling second unit on The Hobbit. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of that. Um, yeah, I, think he, I, I don't know. I like the guy. I'll yeah. hang out with him. We'll see what's up. I'll, uh, I'll I'll point this out too. He there was a there was a video game last last year that came out called Enslaved Odyssey to the West, and uh, he provided the motion capture for the main character in that game as well as the voice, and he even directed the mocap scenes for that game. It's just things like that where it's like Andy Circus is awesome. You know, I would I would hang out at his parties. That's what I wanted to. So uh, anything else on Apes before we uh, do a do a rating on it? I think that they should have named it Rise of the Planet of the Abes. Anyway. <sighs> I have a feeling that won't get edited out. Okay, so let's uh, let's go with the rating. Each week we decide to uh, we try to rate the films based on uh, when and where you should where, where you should go and you know see it, opposed to like a number or whatnot. So uh, yeah, we have a scale that goes from IMAX to theater, dollar theater, Netflix, HBO, TV, and just kind of like nah, forget about it. But uh, Alan, where would you put this on that scale? Um, if it was an IMAX, I'd say go watch it on IMAX. But totally go see it in the theater because I saw it, I actually saw it in the second row of my theater. Mm-hmm. Because it was that full. Nice. It was crazy. I went to a mid-afternoon Sunday show. I was like, oh, hey. And there's a baby, and it didn't bother me. I was, yeah. Um, I'd say go see it in the theater with a bunch of people. It's really awesome. Um, I'd say just go see it anytime. Abe? Yeah, I'm there. Uh, theater. And, uh, yeah, go see it. It's it's definitely worth uh, seeing it uh, as soon as possible. Yeah, uh, right there with you guys. Completely agree. Go go catch it in theaters. Um, I'm I'm not surprised that it wasn't in 3D, but like Jesus, what would this movie have done if it was in 3D? I guess uh, a lot of CG apes throwing feces at you in 3D—that's something, right? Um, He's good at LA Zoo for that. Yeah, I guess so. Well, not anymore. I think they've risen out of there. But um, <laughs> anyway, let's get to the uh, let's get to the box office. Where each week we go over the box office totals of the you know the week and find out if our previous predictions were correct. And it happens that we have you know. All three of us were on the show last week, so all three of us get to relive what we predicted. And um, is that a milestone? I went with uh, maybe. Yeah. No, no, just it sounds like just status quo for a triple A episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. But triple uh, A stone. That's right. We're <laughs> gonna get, pass that triple A stone. We get plaques and everything. Um, <laughs> yes, I, I low, okay, so I I lowballed it last week, and I said thirty million. Abe, do you remember what you? I predicted? said thirty-two. And Alan, do you remember what you went with? Thirty-five million at number one. Yep. Well, it was number one, but it kind of did more than what we thought it would. It went to $54 million this weekend. Quite a haul. I'm very happy about that. Yes. That is Alan, uh, quite amazing. That is quite amazing, and Alan is the winner. And let me – hold on. I'm not happy that I won. I mean, it's nice, but I'm really happy this movie made money. You should be, but you also get this happening too. Yeah, bragging rights. Here it comes. <laughs> yep, you did it. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Rise of the Planet of the Apes, that's a sizable amount of money for a movie that didn't cost too much compared to the average blockbuster these days. So uh, it's certainly going to you know, make back its budget and more, especially worldwide. They love special effects movies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, it didn't quite reach the, the heights of the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes, which which is – people forget that that movie made a shocking amount of money despite the bad legacy that it left behind. But that movie broke records at the time for its opening weekend and topped out at a pretty pretty solid high domestic gross there. So uh, – yeah, but let's, I don't even want to talk about the Burton movie that much. Regardless, Rise of the Planet of the Apes made a, made a good chunk of money, and I'm, I'm quite pleased with it. 
I just don't think that people give Planet of the Apes, as, like the Planet of the Apes franchise, as much credit as I don't think Hollywood takes it seriously that much. Like uh, yeah. I know a lot of people who enjoy the films and won't go watch them. Like I saw the the original opening weekend, hated it, and I don't know anybody who liked it. But with this one, like I get a little, I'm, I haven't heard anybody say it wasn't good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, this was, yeah. Um, it's it's been getting you know very positive results all around from audiences and critics for the Rise of the Planet of the Apes. So. I think we're all in agreement that we're very happy with its success that it's you know done so far. Yeah. Speaking of other Planet of the Apes films and whatnot, let's get to our retro review where we you know discuss a couple films that you know relate in some way to the main feature of the week. So let's start. Let's start with Abe. Abe, what what uh what other movies did you think of uh, coming? Again, I, we talked about this earlier, but uh, one of the one of the ones that we talked about was Outbreak, and that was just more so later part of the film. Um, and how some something becomes airborne, or I guess maybe bloodborne. Um, but uh, another movie that I thought about was uh, Project X, <laughs> which was <laughs> which was uh, a chimpanzee who is uh, has I guess heightened capabilities, and then they go on a mission to try and rescue him. Instead, in Rise of the Planet of the Apes, I mean Caesar's rescuing himself kind of and leading his people to to uh, I guess a, a more free life, but. Uh, not too many others. I haven't really seen uh, the other Planet of the Apes. I did see the Simpsons version, the musical. <laughs> the musical. Yeah. Which began our show, by the way. <laughs> and uh, I did see Tim Burton's, which um, again, I I don't I don't have any reference point for the Tim Burton film, so I don't I can't really spew as much venom as some others. Those films were just the ones that came to mind while I was watching this. Alan, uh, Congo. I'm, yeah, I'm totally thinking about Congo. Thinking about Outbreak. Um... I just had it. Uh, Spartacus, because of the whole revolt mm. and everybody yeah, standing up. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can Any, see that. Those kind of like... Uprising films? Yes, yes. So stuff like, you know, that... Um... Mutiny on the Bounty. <laughs> yeah, well, not really. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, we're going to start just like throwing stuff out there. Oh, yeah, so Thor, that doesn't make any sense either. Um, no, yeah, so like m- movies, mostly those movies... I was a big fan. A- Ape Escape, the game. I kept thinking about Ape Escape. Because <laughs> it just seemed like it worked. I enjoyed it. Um, also, um, um, yeah, Hogan's Heroes. I thought oh, about nice. it for a little bit. Yeah. I was like, oh, Colonel Clink. Because Malfoy kind of just... Did, I, I should just call him Felton, but I'm not going <laughs> to. Um, he just kind of reminded me of his overblown prison warden. Um, also thought a little bit about The Rock, because it was in Frisco. Um stuff like that it's just little like things that reminded me of the movies but it just mostly reminded you, me of my, my friend pointed that, this out to me when we were leaving the theater did when you just when you thought of the rock did you think of it when they got on the trolley yes yes you <laughs> <laughs> felt like the, the second old, they got on the trolley i thought a yellow lamborghini was going to pop up out of somewhere like the old, the old blackout the old blackout pop Ferrari, out i'm sorry you can say like run save yourselves <laughs> yeah. that's right the trolley worker <laughs> yeah. Yeah. okay i'll go now with the uh the retro um yeah, I thought. Yeah, I'm uh, also a big fan of the Apes franchise in general. And in fact, me and my friend Ken, we watched like all the Apes films in the past two weeks and got really pumped on, you know, just this whole franchise in general. We we didn't watch the Tim Burton film. And as far as that movie goes, I don't hate it. I kind of do. That's a lie. Um, I the thing to praise about that movie is both Tim Roth and the very fantastic makeup effects from Rick Baker's house of you know making things awesome in makeup. The, the apes look great in that movie, but other than that, the movie, it's just kind of like, oh, this happened. All right. That was, that was kind of nothing. 
But yeah, the the, the original franchise, Planet of the Apes, Beneath the Planet of the Apes, Escape from the Planet of the Apes, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, and Battle for the Planet of the Apes. That's a that's a cool that's a cool little franchise. I can certainly it's I can certainly see why it doesn't have that like that strong like Star Wars like appeal or Star Trek or something. It's more like a, like a cult kind of franchise of people that enjoy those movies. But they're what I like about those films, the Planet of the Apes films, and this one is that they all have they're all consistently dark. Like none of those movies are very happy. They all really play into kind of a darker well they all end pretty dark and they have kind of darker themes and ideas and they have very interesting ideas too especially escape from the planet of the apes which um besides the original planet um i think escape is my favorite of those movies it has a lot of really cool cool ideas in there and uh a really also really funny it is it is it's a very I really enjoyed that movie uh, it's a very entertaining movie it, it's it has a lot of different things about it that make it very quite compelling i think but um yeah, um, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes came up a lot just because this movie rehashes a not rehashes, but it there's a lot of similarities between the two because that one has some, a very a familiar plot in regards to Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Um, the other, the two other things I thought of uh, one was was Flowers for Algernon actually, really? the story of Flowers for Algernon. Yeah, yeah, just, with the John Lithgow. I can stuff. see that. Yeah, yeah, the, that story involving like the you know, there's a. A, a mentally challenged person and a, and a mouse and they kind of they gave it a drug and it makes both of them smarter it's kind of that's kind of the basic thing about that and it, it, I, it came up it came to mind because i thought of flowers for algernon previously this year with the film limitless so it was like how, how how have i seen flowers for algernon play out twice in two different movies but um the other movie is project nim uh project nim is this fantastic documentary about the chimpanzee named nim from the 70s that was taught sign language and raised by a, a mixture of scientists and people that study these chimps in various ways. And um, it, this movie, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, is almost existing in a parallel universe right next to Nim because they're somewhat similar, especially in the, the early the early acts of how these chimps kind of progress and learn, except one leads to a revolution of sorts and the other leads to some more dire plot threads. But regardless, Project Nim should be checked up by anybody that just has an interest in seeing a really solid documentary. It's made by the guy that did the uh, film Man on a Wire, which is another documentary, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, those, so those are the uh, those are the uh, the films I thought of for for uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I also thought of Unleashed, the Jet Li movie, because he was on a collar. I can see that, kind of. That's a... <laughs> yeah. I know, I know you're kind of joking, but I mean, I, I, I no, I'm legitimately joking. Yeah, I, just, I was like, Haha, movies like Jet Li. But uh, speaking of fun and games, let's get to uh, let's get to game time here, right? Here we go. Ooh. Yep, made made that one up too. It just I'm making making ditties, just like <laughs> anyone that's familiar with our older episodes knows some of the games that we used to do. And one of those games is the William Fichtner game. William Fichtner is a character actor that uh, Abe and I and many others really enjoy. And he's been in a ton of different movies. And uh, we used to play a game which turned into the character actor game that would involve us trying to guess which William Fichtner role we are thinking of. And we decided that we missed it, kind of. So we're going to bring it back for this this episode. And uh, I'll, 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 uh, I'll go here, I guess. I'll just I'll toss out three clues, and the first person to get the you know the answer wins nothing. Sound, sound cool? Okay. You ready? Oh, okay, really quick. Are you gonna talk, give me clues about his performance or about the? No, movie I'm gonna give general? you clues about the movie. Okay. Okay. Does it make it difficult? Okay. okay. Down. Let's go. Okay. Here we go. I'll just I'll give you three clues, and then you can go from there. This film is from last 
decade, the 2000s. It it's based on a true story, and one of the stars, besides William Fickner, has been in a movie we've mentioned on this show very recently. On this on this ep- really, you already got it. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was it? Alan destroyed you, Dave. You don't even you don't even know how quick. I, I didn't hear. Yeah, I was like shot in the face. Alan, say it again. Perfect storm. The perfect storm. Oh, perfect storm. Alan, I'm, star- I'm staring right at it. So it's like I'm I'm looking at my big DVD case. So <laughs> that's right. I was like, oh. Alan owns the perfect storm apparently. But um, wow, that that was. There's water in it. The CGI water is amazing. It is. That, that, I'm yeah, joking. Give it that. It's nothing compared to Surf's Up. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I you just nailed that one so quickly. You should get like bonus points. That Let's one. do another one. <laughs> I don't want to. I'm so impressed with you for missing that one. We're gonna we're gonna do the next game. <laughs> Like we were just gonna do two games, and now we're gonna just we're gonna, we might do three games here. We'll do. All right, sweet. Yep. Good. Good job, Alan. God. You Yay. Took, you took no editing on that one. Alan. That was quick. Oh my God. Okay. So I'm very competitive. So uh, let's. <laughs> well, before we get to the other game, I was thinking of let's do a tagline game then, just because we can give Abe a chance that way. <laughs> so uh the movie tagline game is We're back like, to these old ways huh yeah just don't cry um the uh the the uh, tagline game is where i read you know one of us reads some taglines from a film and you try to you know try to figure out which tagline the which film that tagline corresponds to so i'm just gonna yeah my list of taglines here and here we go i got one in mind right now yes okay here's the first tagline i'll go i'll do three once you stop screaming, then you'll start talking about it. Slither. No. I'm terrible at this game. This one's kind of tough, actually. Once you, once st- you stop screaming... Once you stop screaming, then you'll start talking about it. I'll say it's 70s horror. Oh. Once you stop screaming, then you'll start talking about it? Yep. From the 70s? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Um... I want to say don't 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 look now or one of the Sergio Argento movies, but I have no idea. I'm not I'm not good with horror films from the seventies. Right. Sorry. The answer was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Lame. Okay. Nah, the movie was lame, but that's that's a good one. Good job. Do you win if we don't get it or? Aaron wins. Yeah, that one. Okay, yeah, so that's sure. a point for Aaron. <laughs> Finally, I got my points. Okay. <laughs> I'm left in the dark here. All right, here's the next one. Okay. The story that won't go away. Uh, saw neither of those. Okay. Well, I was joking because I just want Saw to go away. Okay. The story that won't go away. Yes. 90s. How recent? Uh, can you give us a year? Nineties film. Ninety one. Ninety one. Ninety one. Was it popular or was it like obscure? Popular. Ninety one. JFK. You got it. Oh, nice. Okay, and here is the last one. Evil has an upgrade. Might be the next part one. No. What? Might have part one. Shut up. Evil. No, it'd be part two. Iceland's a Iceland's mean. Evil has Evil has an upgrade? Mm-hmm. Upgrade. That sounds familiar. Little Nicky. I'm just joking. I, I know it's not little Nicky. Is is that uh is that Jason X? It is. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I think we have a tie. We gotta do a, we gotta do one more. It's a three way tie. It's a three way tie. Ladies oh. and gentlemen, it's a three way tie. Wow. Oh, triple A indeed. Okay. <laughs> Good job, Abe. Thanks. Okay, here's the last one. The tiebreaker. 
Think you're alone? Think again. Oh, what's the name of that stupid movie? Oh, God. Um, think you're alone? Think again. Um, 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 um. I really, I, know, I can, I can. I really want Abe to get it right before you think of it. <laughs> I know. I'm, really, I'm thinking really hard. Oh God, I have it. What was it called? Yeah, I know everybody who's in it. I know the director. What's it called? You get it. <laughs> Hollow Man. You got it. Boom. Uh, Hollow Man. Right, with Kevin Bacon. Yeah, Kevin Bacon, Elizabeth Shue, Brolin. Um, I just watched it the other day. It was <laughs> terrible. It's a movie. It's on FX a lot. It is. Yeah, that's where I saw it. <laughs> All I like right. watching on F- no, I like watching on FX because I don't get to see the Kevin Bacon's you know six degrees. <laughs> it just edits that out. I'm very comfortable. Okay. He's also a creeper. So, and I usually like saying "think you're alone, think again." That's usually something that happens on my first date. All of that it's- necessary. Okay. So finally, the last the last game, not game as much as kind of fun. It's a cast of this. Cast this is where we uh, take a up an existing property, whether it be a game or a movie or some or not a movie, a game or a video game or a board game or something like that. And we, you know, we attempt to place the ideal actors and directors involved in the property. And so I have a cast list for you guys to cast. And here it is. I'll, I'll come up with a, a brief... Oh my god, I gotta come up with one of these now. Okay. In a world where you go up or you go down, people take turns as they try to find out ways that they can progress up or down the shoots and Ladders, starring blank, blank, and blank, and directed by blank. <laughs> I miss these, I just want to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, who would star and direct the Shoots and Ladders movie? Well, clearly, you know... Clearly, uh, go on. Yeah, clearly, Tim Riggins has to be in it, so Taylor uh, Kitsch from uh, Battleship. Which obviously means friend of the show Kyle Chandler will have to be in it as well. That would have to be it too, yes. <laughs> And then, friend of the show, William Fichtner would have to be in, like, a really minor role. Uh, Abe, you got this. Uh, yeah. Um, no, 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 no. Wait, it's a tag team. So, so yeah. William, okay, okay, okay. I, William Fichtner would probably, he'd probably be in the beginning, and he'd fall down a ladder, showing consequences of incorrectly progressing through shoots and ladders. <laughs> and I think for rapid motion up and down, maybe we should get, like, Tony Scott for the director. Oh, okay. There you go. Maybe there's, like, like a, really, there'll be, like, a time, yeah. there'll be a time limit on it, too, just, like, taking a pebble. Right? Mm-hmm. Shoots and ladders, and you can only go up and down very, very low. It, it, it's going to be something spectacular. Holy crap, I just figured it out. Yeah. All right, so it's it's Taylor Kitsch, Denzel Washington, and Chris Pine with co-starring uh, friend of the show, Kyle Chandler, and friend of the show, William Fichtner, directed by Tony Scott. I like this movie, guys. Mm-hmm. A lot of testosterone. Green light. A lot of testosterone. Green light this! Green light. Print, printing money. Let's We're printing it. money. Let's see it, Fox. Let's go. Okay, so I think we got that out of the way. So let's move on to what we're going to talk about next week. Next week we're going to talk about 30 Minutes or Less, the new comedy, action comedy from director Ruben Fleischer, who previously gave us Zombieland. And this movie returns him with uh, Jesse Eisenberg, along with Aziz Ansari, Danny, Mc- Danny Kenny Effin Powers McBride, and uh, mm-hmm. Nick Swarsden, among other random stars in this film. And, uh, yeah, you know, it involves the pizza delivery guy who gets trapped with a bomb and needs to rob a bank in order to get the money to the people that attached a bomb to him before he you know explodes and yeah that's the movie we're going to talk about next week and as we plan to talk about it let's talk about what we think it will do in the box office um i guess i could kind of try to set this guy this one up for you so we can have somewhat of an accurate prediction but it is an r-rated comedy and r-rated comedies have done mostly well this summer with the exception of the change-up actually which came out this weekend 
and uh, that didn't quite debut as high as others would think. But how uh, much did that debut for? Uh, that came in at fourth with thirteen million. Okay. Oh. Yeah, it's a little. It's pretty given. Given. Oh. You say one three. Yeah, thirteen. 13? Yes. Holy cow. For yeah, especially given that like horrible bosses, another movie that also had Jason Bateman in it, you know, came in pretty. You know, that, that would open to like what thirty around thirty, as well as you know all the other. That overperformed. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, Bad Teacher did really well, too. So, I mean, it, it was kind of... I think people just really hate body-switching companies. I guess that's where we're at right now. <laughs> I saw it. It was, you know, it, it made me laugh. That's what I can say. Uh, not more than others that came out this summer, but it made me laugh. But, uh, yeah, regardless, 30 minutes or less, that's what we're talking about next week. Most of the R-rated comedies have, you know, debuted around, you know, high 20s so far. Uh, so, Abe, what do you think 30 minutes or less is going to do now? Where do you think it's going to place? It opens with uh, Final Destination 5. By the way, uh, that's the other movie that comes out. How do you think Thirty Minutes or Less is going to do? Uh, that's a tough one because uh, Final Destination apparently that seems to be a somewhat popular it's, franchise. It's kicking. It's kicking. Yeah, even though after they already had the, the final, final destination, you got you emphasize the, the the final destination. <laughs> yeah, the final destination. So I don't I don't really know. I mean, uh, I think Thirty Minutes or Less has a pretty good cast, but uh, I think that it will come in second. I'm gonna say, and I'll go with. Uh, a pretty solid thirty million. All right, Alan. Oh, yeah, I don't think it's gonna make thirty at all. Um, because <laughs> um, Danny McBride headlined. What was it that came out this year? Your Highness. Your Highness. Yeah, and that didn't do very well. Uh, but you know, it's Jay Franco was in that too. Um, oh, let me say number two with twenty. Twenty. Let's stick at twenty. All right, I'm uh, I'm lowballing it again this week. I think I'm gonna go third. I'm gonna think, I'm gonna think either you know, apes might stick around or something, whatever. And it's I think thirty minutes or less will open third. And I think I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'll say nineteen. <laughs> I'll just mm. say right under right under twenty. Yeah, well, I'll say nineteen. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. uh, that said, I am looking forward to the film. I I saw I actually saw, they had a great panel at Comic Con, a really hilarious panel, and they it, it looks to be pretty solid. So uh, we'll see we'll see how that goes. But, Hilarious uh, panel doesn't necessarily mean it's going to make money. No, no. I have a question. Um, can I change it to number three? Because I forgot. I know you just mentioned that Final Destination was coming out. It just didn't compute. Yeah. Because, yeah, uh, num- number three. Okay, cool. With um, 20. So Alan and I are going. Can I just revise my entire no, no, guess? No, you can't. No. <laughs> no. no I just 30 million. <laughs> nope. Abe stuck it at, at first. Okay, so that's going to do it for Out Now with Aaron and Abe this week. You can find more of my work at my personal blog, thecodazeek.com, where you can find all my written movie reviews, as well as whysoblue.com, where I uh, contribute Blu-ray reviews as well as all the other written reviews. You can also find me at Twitter at twitter.com slash Aaron's PS3. And, um, yeah, Abe. You can find more of my work at walrusmoose.blogspot.com, twoanimalswalrusmoose.blogspot.com, and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. And Alan. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, um, twitter.com slash MrDVD, M-R-D-V-D. You can also find me uh, on past episodes of Out Now with Aaron and Abe, Super 8, uh, Cowboys and Aliens, and the ever-popular Transformers episode. Nice. And hopefully by the next time I'm on here, I'll start up my film blog again, and then you, I'll, I'll direct you somewhere to read stuff. It'll be fun. We, It'll we, be exciting. You, you guys are amped. I, I am amped. I'll, I'm going to be... <laughs> I am. We're going to be personally pressuring you to start up that blog. If you pressure me, then I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to answer to you. I'm very rebellious. We're going to ignore you while you try to start <laughs> up your blog. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, I'm not amped at all. I am. Yeah.
Well, I'm needy and I need attention. If anything, so I'd want you to go. To do yeah, if I, I want you to go slower. <laughs> anyway, uh, music for this episode was provided by both, well, The Simpsons and by the band The Mummies, which I'm looking forward to everybody checking out. Make sure to check back at our other shows at the uh, HHW LOD Podcast Network. You should also you should also check out the other shows on the HHW LOD Podcast Network. They have shows like the. Uh, Legion of Dudes, where they talk about you know comic-related things weekly, as well as Half Hour Wasted, they do the same thing. And there's like the Walking Dead TV podcast, where they talk about all things Walking Dead-related. And yeah, they're a good group of guys on the other shows on the network, so you know, go check, go give them a check out. And as always, you can check us out on iTunes, on hhwlod.com, at outnow.podomatic.com, where you can still find most of the newer episodes. And uh, as well as our Facebook page, you know, give us some likes, and uh, we'll get to... Uh, a fun little contest sooner or later at uh, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast. And you can also feel free to, you know, email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. You can send all your your fantastic comments towards Alan, and I'll, I'll be sure to read them out loud to him while he's soaking in a bath. and uh, Eating grapes. Eating grapes. And, uh, yeah, you can send all your hate <laughs> Yeah, you can send all your hate mail to Abe, and you can, you know, send whatever other complaints about Abe you have to me. And, um, you know, I'll personally read, read those to him as well. Uh, Wait, can I just clear something up? Yeah. I don't take baths because I don't like <laughs> sitting in water. In, in I don't like sitting in ass water. I just don't do it. It's gross to me. Yeah, that's why you stopped doing your blog the first time, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it was asswater.com.blogspot, but it just wasn't working out. Like, people went there and they were upset that they saw me. It was just, it's a, it's a big kerfuffle. Yeah, somebody, just, like, self <laughs> Oh, God, I started putting comments with pictures. Oh, God. Uh, I can't unsee a lot of things. So yeah, email us all, all the comments you want about that segment, and uh, you know, throw an iTunes review our way as well, and you know, you know, do do whatever you want to, you know, have, have fun listening to past episodes because those are so certainly some some good ones in the back in the back in the early days of Out Now. For now, that's going to be the end of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. So uh, until next week, uh, see you later. Later, guys. Bye.
Nothing. 